Welcome to On the Job with Porak, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak. Alongside me is Porak Vice President Damon Kurtz. Today we're joined by social media influencers of the law enforcement community. Uh, we have half of Hook'em and Book'em with us and uh, Deputy Misdemeanor. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, of course. We're down here in San Diego where uh, they're working and we appreciate uh, them taking the time to come out here and uh, have a discussion about uh, what it's like to be uh, a social media influencer. What led you to uh, to get into this? Uh, well, for, for Bookham and I, it goes back um, pretty far. Uh, I'd say probably about five, five years now, I would say. There was an app that was going around for a long time that was, uh, it's called Vine. And it was the little, the first real social media app that people, I guess you could say, got famous on where people were sharing six second videos. And I'm sure a lot of people know by now, but uh, Bookham and I lived together before Misdemeanor came into the to the scene. Uh, he was my roommate and we were in the academy together. He's yeah. one happy bromance. <laughs> it still is. Um, but yeah, no, we were in the academy together and ended up living together. I had bought a house and he needed a place to stay. So he moved in with me. So um, he's sitting on the couch and he watches these videos and the dude just laughs constantly. These stupid, I'm like, what are you watching? And he's just like, ah, that's funny. And he'll scroll. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And finally one day I'm like, dude, what are you watching that is so funny? And he's like, oh, it's this thing called Vine. And I'm like, I've never heard of Vine. He's like, yeah, it's funny as heck, you know? And he's like, and there's this guy named Officer Daniels and he does these cop videos. And he's like, it's, they're totally funny. They're hilarious. They're tiny little six second videos, but they're so funny. And I'm like, oh, let me see some of those. So I'm watching the, the old school Officer Daniels videos back when he was funny. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I'm watching these things and, and me, myself, I've always been, uh, an entertainer ever since I was a kid. I was always memorizing music lines, movie lines, acting them out. I've, I've always been that kind of a person. I've always been the class clown, I guess you could say. And I'm looking at these videos and I'm like, I could totally be funnier than this guy. Like I, <laughs> I could do this. So I made a video, um, that was about national donut day. And, uh, basically the premise was waking up as a cop on national donut day is like waking up as a kid on Christmas. And it was like this stupid little video with a box of donuts and me getting out of bed and being like, Oh, it's national donut day. And it was dumb. It was really dumb, but it was simple. Uh, and I, I tagged officer Daniels in it and he liked it, rewind it and followed me and started messaging me. And I was like, I've made it. I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm out. No, but we, we developed a friendship after that. And, uh, it kind of just took off. We started doing videos, uh, book started wanting to get involved. We came up with, we knew we wanted to have a duo because nobody had a duo in the industry. You know, you had Mike, the cop at the time and officer Daniels. That was pretty much it. There were some other people here and there, but they were the big influencers, uh, but nobody had a duo. So we wanted to have a duo, came up with hook them and book them. And that was that. For us, anyway. And how about you, uh, Deputy Misdemeanor? Ooh, um, well, I, I mean, obviously, being in the same house as as them, as uh, Hook'em and Book'em, it got to the point where I, I was I was very much just behind the camera. I was doing, <laughs> I was holding the camera, I was getting angles, I was I was their person that would just get all of the the stuff that they needed to get these videos and pictures. And um, as I came a little bit more acquainted with um, social media and, and just kind of saw through them, the influence that they had. I mean, I was seeing some of the messages that, that, um, they were getting and the, you know, just like, Oh my gosh, like I, I, you know, this, this video just made my day or this, 
made me feel this way. And I was just like, man, like they have, they have a lot of, um, people out there that are watching this and this is, it's working. And I, as I was doing that, I wasn't really seeing a whole lot of, of female influence out there. I mean, there was, there were, there were pages that had like pictures or stuff like that, but they didn't have any, any like humorous ones. So I, you know, I, I kind of approached them. I was like, Hey, like, what do you think about having like a female humor page of well, sort of humor? I mean, it is what I it think, is. I think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so we, we kind of toyed around with it and, um, it took forever for us to find something, uh, like a, a username that I was okay with using. And, um, and it just, it just kind of happened. And I had a, I had a lot of ideas cause, cause my thing was, was mostly like, I wanted to make sure that there was like some kind of female focus in, in some of the videos and, and stuff. And it just, it was, it was mostly because of them and, we just thought that it would be a good trio at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think your name's perfect because the way the state's going, everything's a misdemeanor now. That's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. We should have yeah. been yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. I mean, there's not a lot of people out there doing it from a law enforcement perspective, right? bringing levity to what we do and at the same time educating to a certain extent, yeah, you know, sure. um, for the general population who doesn't know and, and gets to see it through a, a more of a comedic form, but um, you can educate in a way that they can relate to it. And, um, and then obviously all of us cops totally relate to it and think it's hilarious because, you know, it's kind of like that super troopers, you know, you, all the things you want to do yeah. where you're out there on the job, yes. you know, you, you get away with it, you guys yeah. can put it out on, on a video. Yeah. And that's the, the fun part of it is taking, it's kind of like Saturday Night Live, you know, where they take or, or South Park or any of those shows where they take stuff that's happening and they twist it into this thing for a niche. And we can take the jokes and the things that we deal with. We all know our sense of humor as cops is totally different than the common public. But at the same time, this allows us to take our sense of humor and it is seen by the common public. And that kind of changes a lot of perspectives. And a lot of the messages we get, like she said, you know, you guys changed my outlook on cops. I've never looked at cops this way. Like you guys, I hated cops and you guys have changed that. Especially, especially Bookham being African-American, he's got several messages from young African-American kids who are like, hey, thanks for doing what you're doing because I, I don't trust cops and you've changed that in me. Yeah, I really, uh, you know, to, to dovetail on what Damon was saying is that you really are humanizing the badge because mm -hmm. they're seeing mm -hmm. a completely different perspective of who we are as people versus just that person that's in the black and white and wearing the uniform. So for that, that's awesome. And that's really one of the reasons that uh, we wanted to interview you and, and bring you in and have that conversation. And, uh, you know, um, when I first came on as president, I created a communications and technology committee. We were looking for committee members outside of the board of directors to be able to help PORAC build its footprint and increase the uh, the followership that we have. And and I know Hookham sits on that and we really appreciate that yeah. yep. because I really want to expand social media. It's, 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 it's a virtual free platform. It allows us to, to really drive the narrative of what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's just there. And, and I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are, they just don't want to see it. They don't, they don't want to utilize something that's so prevalent in our society right now. And, and, and unfortunately that's just, that's how people communicate now is social media. You no longer are hearing people like, Oh yeah. Text message me. It's, Oh yeah. Slide into my DMs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like that's, that's what you, you hear have a lot now. of people sliding into your DMs. Or <laughs> well, you know. No? Okay. <laughs> Yo, and, and the other thing too, is, you know, a lot of people, I think, uh, a lot of unions have started using this, uh, is if well, everybody in law enforcement's using it, it's the, the idea that if you don't create 
your news or your publicity, someone else will. Yes. And as law enforcement, it's so utterly important right now to change that. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And that actually brings up a really good topic about, you know, how do you do this without violating department policies or making sure that you don't run afoul of your agency that you're working for? And what have your experiences been in that and, and really elevating your persona through the, you know, influencing through the social media versus what you're doing? Because, I mean, you're still out there on the streets working. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that it it's different for everybody and every agency is different. Every state is different. Um, there are states that are at will states and you sneeze funny and the chief will fire you. And there's a lot of people who have been in trouble that we've done videos with or worked with who are great cops and great people, but their agencies don't like it for whatever reason. Um, and, and I think that we all can sympathize with why agencies don't like it. Um, because we're unpredictable. And as cops, sometimes we do a lot of dumb stuff. Maybe not to the point of being illegal, but sometimes we don't. But the agencies don't like it when you point out the dumb stuff that they do. True, true. <laughs> but the, th the main thing for me is I think that we are hard to trust because they can't control that. Right. And anything outside of, of a, a, you know, a, a sphere of control is not people in command positions don't like that, which right. I get. I mean, if I was a, a commander or a sheriff or a captain, I wouldn't want people below me doing stuff that made me look bad. And the other issue too is, is this is like, it's not new, but it is relatively new compared right. to the leadership that we see in our agencies. Right. None of this existed yeah. when they were coming through. So they were able to control the narrative. And, and now we have this younger generation, which you're a part of, which is I've got this platform and I can do this stuff. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that they, I mean, they even taught that in the academy, or at least when I was going through that, you know, you, not to the point where like they're saying like, don't have social media, but they were very like, hey, don't post things in your uniform. Don't post this, don't post that. So they were already kind of, you know, molding that viewpoint right out the gate. So then, you know, the second that you get out and I mean, I've heard, I've had partners out there that, you know, oh, like you, you posted a picture in your uniform, like to, to somebody else. And you're like, well, yeah, it's my, it's my job. Yeah. I got an award. Sue me. Yeah. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, what's funny is, you know, a lot of, a lot of cops, they're, they're so afraid to put themselves out there publicly in, in any kind of platform to the point that they're even like changing their, the way their names mm -hmm. are spelled yep. so that no one can search right. them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you get this friend request from this weird concoction of letters and you're like, who is I have this? like a, I have a hundred mutual yeah. friends. <laughs> right. Who is this? Well, and, and I think that's changing too a lot. I think that, um, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a new different generation, but I think what cops are dealing with right now with the anti-law enforcement narrative that's going along the whole country, I think that there was a time when we kept to ourselves and we, you know, um, I work for the city. I work for the state. It was I'm very, you man. know, yeah, yeah very, ambiguous, yeah. <laughs> very ambiguous yep. descriptions. And now I think that's changing because now it's like, no, screw you. I'm a cop. This is me. This is what I do. I protect people like you, even though you hate me. Yeah. And it's, it's emboldening people. And that's why you see a rise in the blue line shirts, the blue line signs, the stickers on cars, the companies that make products for cops. I mean, it's, it's a huge market now because we're tired of being kicked while we're down. And that's, I think that's why my generation is changing that in the sense of like, no, we're going to be proud of who we are. Whereas the old school generation's like, well, we could still, you know, be professional and just kind of be us by ourselves. Yeah. That goes to a bigger conversation we've had in it. And it deals, you know, in the political realm right. is that we know through polling that we have overwhelming support in the sure. communities. We're, sure. we're, we're in the 70, 80% people really support us, right. but they're the silent or the silent majority out there, right? Yep. How do we get them engaged? How do we get them to actually 
express their voice and come out and support us, truly support us, because right now the right. vocal minority really has the bully pulpit through the media and really at the ballot box right now. Right. And, and to go back to what you're saying about how, you know, how this aligns with policies and stuff. It's just like anything in our job, you have to be careful. And, you know, we have to know as influencers that there is a line and that that line shouldn't be crossed, not because we'll get in trouble personally by our agency if we do something that's dumb, but because we reflect law enforcement to the masses. And if we do something or we say something or post something that is not appropriate, we risk damaging law enforcement's image on a much larger scale than if we were just a guy that got in trouble by IA. I mean, it's way different, but you know, we take a lot of precautions. Um, we have a total separation between, I guess you could call our business and our job. And I think that that's appropriate because I think, you know, we need to be cops when we're at work and we need to do our job and, and focus on our job that the people pay us to do. And when we're at home, we can do what we want. And I, th I think that that's a big difference. You know, we, everything is uh, completely separated and the uniforms we wear, spoiler alert, the uniforms we wear are fake. Uh, <laughs> the duty belts we wear are full of fake gear. I know that's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, it's the same with us, you know, even though we're up at right. Porak and we, if we do TV commercials or anything like that, it's, it's not our uniform from our respective agency, right. unless we're attending like the memorials and stuff. But the reality is we have to draw that bright line just like you do. Yeah. Uh, in regards to uh, to what we're doing. Obviously, this is sort of a small group of people throughout the nation. What are your relationships with some of the other influencers that are really doing a great job putting our profession out there in a, in a humorous light? Yeah, I'd say we're family. I mean, honestly, um, there's a lot of people who naturally, just like how I got into it, there's a lot of people who watch what we do. Um, even with, with the, the music side of things that I do with rap music, I get a lot of people who message me like, hey, I, you know, I always played guitar when I was, you know, a kid. And now I'm trying to do music that's law enforcement centered because you inspired me to do so. And like, that's great. And there's a lot of people doing it. But as far as the core I guess you could call the OGs of the cop world on, on social media. I mean, they're phenomenal people. They're, um, give you the shirt off their back, do anything to help cops really, really into this, not for the business side of things, even though it's turned to that, um, which sometimes is hard to avoid, but there's always ways to take that business side and turn it back into positive for the law enforcement community. And I think everyone we work with, uh, humanizing the badge, officer Daniels, Mike, the cop, uh, relentless defender, um, all the companies we've ever done business with, that's their main goal is give back to cops because that's the only reason we do what we do. Um, and I, I wouldn't be associated with a person or a company that doesn't isn't here for the right reasons. Yeah. And I, and I think the general cop out there likes to see one of us be successful. So whether you're still doing the job or not, and you started out doing the job and, and, and if it grew to where you got to, you got to get out and, and be successful. I think cops still like seeing that. And they, and they still relate and say, Hey, that guy used to be a cop. Even the ones that have left, they point to that, that guy one time did what we did. Right. And it's neat to see somebody be successful outside of what we do. So. Well, and it's nice too, because we've gotten a chance to to meet people in different areas. And so it kind of broadens our, or opens our eyes to how other states and other departments police and how their communities are. And so it, I mean, we've said it so many times, like we're, we're fairly lucky with how our training is and cause it's completely different on the East coast. And, um, and it, it's an eye opener. It's an eye opener. Like when we went to Ferguson, it's a complete eye opener of, what these different officers are struggling with in their respective areas. And what's normal. Yeah. I mean, right. it's like, oh yeah, I, uh, I had to buy a new vest this year. So I'm like, well, hold on. What? Yeah, I know. You that did what? Me away. 
Um, but we've been so fortunate. I mean, and all the companies that I named have helped us along the way. And, and honestly, the people that follow us and support us, I, I, I hate calling people fans. I call them supporters because that's what they are. I'm, I'm still a street cop, so I don't feel like I should have fans. But we've been able to be involved in so many cool things. Like she said, Ferguson, Missouri, we went back there and worked with their police department. Houston PD, after Hurricane Harvey, we've been all over. I mean, it, and it's it's everywhere we go. There is not a state or a city that we could step in that there is not a cop that would accept us into their station or into their home to help us out. I eventually see departments actually doing stuff like you're doing because, you know, I, I've read some articles where people are upset over the, the, the pouring of the water on people and the dance mm-hmm. stuff. But I go, mm-hmm. yeah. it's great that departments put that out because it lets people see that we're just not these robots. Right. Uh, We do have families, you know, we do do things like everybody else. So for us, it it really does, you know, help connect with Mm -hmm. people uh, because Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily always get to do that under the best circumstances. Um, That's why I like seeing a lot more police officers in schools because they're able to connect with those individuals, those children on a one-to-one basis because all their perception is, is maybe what their parents are telling them or what they're seeing on TV, which is not reality. Right. You know, as, as you've gotten into this profession, you've expanded your uh, supporters. Um, What are some of your recommendations on people that are interested in in following in your footsteps or, or moving into this direction? Well, I think like anything in our careers, you have to understand that you need to be careful. And you, you have to know your policies. You have to know your rules. You have to know um, what lines to cross and not to cross. And we've seen a lot of people who have started trying to do pages and stuff, and it turns out to be very bad for them. My suggestions right off the bat are do not use your agency uniform. Do not film or post things on duty. Do not post things that you maybe wouldn't say on duty especially if you're able to link back to your agency or they're able to link you back to your agency. But I think a lot of it's common sense. And I think sometimes we lack that when we are running our mouth or doing whatever, trying to be funny. And I mean, that's my downfall. You can ask my wife. I try to be funny and usually I just put my foot in my mouth or do something. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, what, what do you think? I, honestly, I think like some of it is you, you got to find something that you're passionate about. I think that there's a lot of people out there that, that are kind of like, I mean, not everything has to be funny. I mean, I've seen a couple of pages that are very informative and it's great. Um, and they have a following for, for that. But I mean, kind of like what, what's already been said. I mean, I personally would never, no, no matter how much my department supported me, do anything in my uniform ever. I mean, just because, I mean, you never know if something were to go south, you wouldn't want that coming back on you. And I, w- I don't want to lose my job. So yeah, just that. I mean, and for us, when we make videos, I mean, the amount of time that goes into like thinking about, okay, who do you think is going to get offended about this? And what do you think about that? Like, I mean, there's so much planning that goes into it. So you have to have like run it by somebody like, Hey, I think I'm, I I want to do this. Like, what do you think about that? And, you know, just put it out there and and see, and and just, yeah, think about it. Yeah. Because I, and because you're basically, you're representing cops, even though you're not representing your agency, people see your videos and they're like, Oh, that cop made fun of whatever. And now you've ruined it. You know what I mean? But like she said, finding an, a niche or a, a, a something you want to go after, I think is important because you don't have to be funny. You don't have to do that, but you can still be an influencer. Uh, there's a page that I follow, um, LA50, who's a, a sergeant up in uh, Los Angeles with the LAPD. And I mean, that guy 
everything he says, I follow like the Bible. I mean, his posts are spot on. Everything is motivational or serious or explaining laws or explaining things or why, you know, a shooting happened or a use of force happened or something popped off. Um, and I have so much respect for that guy and for guys like that because they they do post stuff in their uniform and their agency and they make it known, but they're doing extremely good work. So I think just knowing what's your end goal. If you have an end goal and you know what you want to do to get there right. and you follow your agency's policies and your rules, I, I mean, power to you. And we need all the help we can get. Yeah. I have a friend who does a barbecue and he's got a huge following on that. And you're right. It, it doesn't have to be comedic. It could be a variety of things. And, and like uh, deputy misdemeanor said, you know, if, if, if you have a passion for it, it's going to exude right. through the videos or the podcast or the YouTube. And it's going to seem so much more sincere. I mean, I've seen pages that have that have really succeeded and really failed. And the, the pages that have kind of failed, it's it, it just, it wasn't sincere. And, and, and people see yeah. that, you know, especially when you're, when you're giving out material to cops, I mean, they're, they're going to see whether or not you're being you know, fake or not. And yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty hard on each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We see, we see through bullshit pretty quick too. We <laughs> yes. get paid to do it. Yep. Absolutely. But, and that, and that's another point too you know, be prepared for people to judge what you do. I can't tell you how many times, you know, people have said things to us that probably wouldn't be said um, or judged us a certain way or gauged our work based upon what we do out of work, yeah. which to me is asinine. Um, Both on like social media, like comments and like in our personal yeah, no, relationships. It, yeah, in our personal work life. I mean, we've dealt with the like, oh, you just, you know, you just do stupid video. I remember one time explaining to a supervisor, uh, he was talking about, you know, these videos and, you know, why I do them. And not that he was being rude about it, but he was just like, well, I don't, what, why? Like, what do you do? And when I told him, you know, the money that we've helped raise and the organizations that we work with and the places we've gone and the cops we visited, people in the hospital after shootings or accidents, and we fly to go see these people and it just makes their whole day um, just because of some page we have on the internet that I'm no different than them, but for some reason they think we are. And it gives them that motivation to go back to work and do the job they signed up to do and serve the public, you know, they're like, oh, I didn't know you guys did all that. So there's obviously, we know in our job, there's going to be scuttlebutt around stations, departments. I mean, you, you can't stop that. And it's a lot of preconceived notions that are completely inaccurate, but that's a huge one that people are going to deal with if they do venture and to get involved in that. Why don't you guys plug your social media handles and we'll... Uh We'll wrap it up here. Speaking of wrapping it up, uh, my music, uh, <laughs> you can find uh, my music under the uh, alias of Forensic, which I know is very ironic, uh, but I've actually used that alias since I was 13, so I'm sticking with it. So that's law enforcement centered hip hop music. I work with a couple other artists. Uh, one time, Bookham Dano from New Jersey, Doc Todd, who's a, a combat medic for the army. A lot of good people doing a lot of good things. And then uh, for our comedy stuff, Instagram. Uh, Snapchat and Facebook. It's all Deputy Hookem and Deputy Bookem. You search any of those, those will come up. And I'm the same. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. I don't have a Snapchat, but uh, Deputy Misdemeanor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a Hookem and Bookem together or is it one individual? Yeah, can... face, Facebook is okay. together. So it's Deputy Hookem and Deputy Bookem. And then our Instagrams and Snapchats are separate. Oh, all right. Well, we wish we could have had your other half here, but maybe next time we'll do yeah. a follow up. He's out writing tickets to people or something. I don't know. There you <laughs> go. He's got he's to pay the rent, so he's, <laughs> he's got to go to work. <laughs> yes, very true. Well, I want to thank you, too, for uh, joining us on this latest episode of On the Job with Porak. We hope you enjoyed it. Group's hilarious to be sure, so check them out on uh, their social media platforms. They plugged their handles for you. Uh, we'd love to hear your ideas for upcoming episodes. Join us on all our social media platforms and be sure to tag us with your suggestions. Go to porak.org. 
PORAC.org to learn more about California's largest law enforcement organization representing over 75,000 public safety members. Make sure to check out and share our monthly and archived podcasts on iTunes, Google, YouTube, and wherever available. Lastly, we'd like to say thank you to all our PORAC members and our nation's law enforcement. Be safe and have a great day. That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter. 